This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the show, where we talk about shows with our friends. That's right, it's Shows with Friends. And today, we're talking about episodes two and three of Will Forte's Last Man on Earth. Take it away, Eli. Yes, thank you, Steve. We are back to Shows with Friends. Two friends down from four last episode. <laughs> it's just but we us. are still excited to talk with all of you and share some thoughts on episodes two and three of Will Forte's formerly Fox, now streaming on Hulu, The Last Man on Earth. And we already know from the pilot that he's not the last person on Earth because he meets Carol. And now, in these next episodes, we meet someone else. But before (laughs) we get to that, I thought this, at least the beginning and for most of two, is really a continuation of kind of where we left off and where we left off on a lot of themes and discussions and it's fun to uh, to have had our friends from Dismembering Horror on with us to bring even more insight to that double extra special pilot. And now we get to go discuss some stuff that continued. Uh, even some of our conversation uh, was was predictive in a way. Uh, you know our what, friend Ryan you know it was, was really getting at some stuff. <laughs> it was fun, wasn't it? It was really fun. It's fun to have friends on the show. Really fun. We should do that more, Steve. Yes, I agree. So, Steve, here we go. Episode two, which is, I believe, titled Wedding Bells and Raisin Balls or Raisin Balls and Wedding Bells. <laughs> <laughs> Raisin Balls. Uh, and as I kind of alluded to, we're, um, we're right back in the thick of this uh, archetypal characters uh, figuring out how to mesh, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's kind of sweet. It's pretty endearing. Uh, Carol, you know, really making an effort to embrace Phil's uh, what you know he's been doing this sort of fantasy world, uh, the stuff he's been occupying himself with, and. Uh, Yeah, I think it's really interesting also talking about that arc of uh, sort of the, you know, two characters and crashing and then, um, you know, Phil really seeing Carol stoop to his level and, you know, finding compassion (laughs) and the gesture of setting up the garden sprinkler system and stuff and... So in a way, we're really continuing on that 
as we dive into two. And I wonder uh, your thoughts, you know, as we as we really got into this relationship and developed it more. Yeah, I I definitely really liked episode two here. And we've covered some shows like Dairy Girls and um, where there's these Lily Hammer where there were these mini caper episodes, right? And there was some linear things. And then in our last installment, if you joined us for Gentleman Jack, it really was a continuation of a story throughout. And this, I think, is similar, right? Because we're, like you're saying, we're really just continuing this story in this world where they're the only people, as far as we know in this episode, left on Earth. And I think endearing is the right word that you use to describe this episode because he he's still not on board with just marrying her because she's the last woman and he's the last man and is a little reluctant i thought there was a lot of humor and i i have to say for me she uh chris kristen saul is just wonderful in this like her her ability, because for me, my my impression of Will Forte, and it's changed a bit by watching this, because I think he is, goes to some deeper places with this role, and him creating this show, I think, is really impressive, and just him yeah. as a comedic artist and actor and um, television star in this show. But I, I often kind of looked at him like, oh, he's just that one type of weird, funny, you know, kind of mm-hmm. one-note guy, and this... Shows opening that up for me, but the fact that she is so surprising in every scene really um, makes this that much more enjoyable to watch. Because he's still, he's got to be the steady one who is sort of almost the straight man, but just sort of like steady and grounded throughout in, in his weird place that he's in with his trauma and his depression and whatever. And um, she, she, her her moments are just so surprising. <laughs> and and when she comes over, one in particular moment that is very subtle and, and had me laugh out loud was when she comes over with the dinner to celebrate their imp- their impending marriage. And, and she's like, can you just clear off your dirty lady magazine table so we can <laughs> have a nice dinner? And then she just has an aside and she's like, all those girls were molested. <laughs> and she just does she's got this sort of quaint like very kind of high-pitched nerdy little voice and when she says really kind of intense stuff um yeah it's very funny and i i liked the whole arc of this second episode where he's really begrudgingly going through this process he doesn't get the rings he doesn't want to do it and then when he realizes, okay, I'm going to do this, um, and and why he makes that decision, it was all very believable, very understandable. Yeah, you see, like his humanity, like he is a good guy, and it's sort of funny what happens in the next episode, obviously with him, and and it's just sort of it's almost like the mind versus the heart with him, where he's getting mm-hmm. pulled in all these different directions. Um, yeah, but I love the like kind of bachelor day. <laughs> that was just was him with a flamethrower with all the balls and the scene he had with the mannequin. And he's I don't want to be that amazing. guy. I just don't want to be that guy, but I just kind of end things with you. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> really amazing. And then the scene where, you know, he he brings Carol uh, to get 
the ring mm, yeah. and, uh, and hands her the sledgehammer. She thinks <laughs> that's like, the gift. Yeah. Oh, a tiny little hammer. This is so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's another uh, moment. She just shines. She's, she's so she shines. good. Yeah. 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 And, you know, contrasting that with when she sees the mannequin and just destroys her. And, uh, it's amazing that, um, yeah, they're able to really lean into kind of, as you're saying, right. Will Forte's like weird, depressive, uh, very sort of stereotypical male world he's been living in and she's just sort of there, um, smashing things and, uh, having fun, like getting in there with him really, you know, mm. and, and that's where I think a lot of this like fun moments and surprises and, uh, just her moments to shine because when they first meet, right. And we talked about this a bit on the last episode. I mean, she's like nails on a chalkboard to him initially. And, but she, not only does he have this moment, right. Where he, his humanity shows and, uh, he has this sort of olive branch moment, but she's really completely uh romping in his world now too and that's so fun to see and she leaves with what a whole fistful (laughs) you know of ring every finger covered in rings and um yeah it's just delightful where they take it and yeah through pretty much this whole episode right um and yeah there's a lot of fun stuff from the actual action right Mm. uh to the continued language and metaphors um you know the raisin ball of course big one yeah metaphor (laughs) and these continue right into the third episode these metaphors for their relationship and it is really uh endearing in two and in a way, I think continues to be endearing in some ways in three, but really in two. Yeah. Uh, you know, through the whole episode till the very end, we get this uh, just fun interplay between these characters and um, really awesome writing and acting and uh, just fun, odd couple, as you know, uh, our friends were saying in the last episode. Absolutely. But then I just want to say they, they just do <laughs> yeah, so yeah. much for her arc in the second episode. And, and when you say, you know, it's a continuation of that first, or the second half of the first yeah. of the pilot, you, she shows up and she's immediately this foil to him in the way of like rules and we got to do it this way. And, you know, and we got to get married and all these things. And, but they do a really good job of, opening her up right oh like you mentioned she went to the brink where she's finally going to use the outdoor bathroom so then he fixes the garden and then that allows her to kind of open up a little more in a way so there's this real kind of um evolution of her that i noticed in the second which was great it was just sort of like awesome it's like that here's this character really taking off in this story yeah so um but yeah, and then so they get to this wonderful place where they're actually like legitimately enjoying each other. We're skipping over a couple things that <laughs> the sex scenes, which were just <laughs> insanely funny. And it's a real high comedy here. Like, and when he was like, I'm just going to lay here and try to figure out what that was. 
what that was uh yeah i love this and it's so like uh they're just great at uh you know introducing these things and uh ever expanding quirks to uh, her character especially without really explaining like what's going on right yeah um and that yeah that reaction from phil is so great and this uh is something that yeah we'll just continue to progress (laughs) um and it's 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 impressive, I think, from the uh, yeah, from the as I think Ryan or Tim was saying last time, just the lens of like where it starts and then now where we are, right? Mm-hmm. And Phil is very quickly and clearly becoming kind of the straight man in uh, in that in two and then into three he starts to sort of get like kind of bounced around a little, right? And he's starting to lose his, uh, I don't know if it's a rudder that had him (laughs) living the life it was, but um, he's starting to really get kind of uh, thrown off and uh, and bounced around a bit. And uh, of course, literally uh, bounced around as two ends and they crash into another car. Yeah, and I, th- I thought the cool thing they introduced in this episode two as we begin to transition into episode three were, was Phil's dreams. Oh, yeah. And I thought those are really cool device, and they're really wild. <laughs> and they get more progressively like dreamy and like <laughs> very like <laughs> theatrical uh, in in episode three yeah. um they really make those moments kind of really made me laugh yeah the one where like all of a sudden there's all those people right at the wedding and um yeah some some really fun uh wild fantasy stress dreams right <laughs> yeah totally <sighs> um i know that, some yeah. people who have intense stress dreams sometimes and uh, oh, it's a was, thing it's real i know it was a total stress dream he's like i'm gonna marry this person and then immediately it's all gonna be some hoax and everyone i know is gonna be there and it's interesting <laughs> what is then in the next episode what happens right when he right. just casually and i think it was ryan and in our last episode was talking about it'd be funny to see him go you know blow one of those lights blow stop signs yeah and and (laughs) hit somebody and that's exactly precisely what happened uh because they smash into a limo Mm. and that's where we end episode two it's a great cliffhanger and yeah we won't talk about it too much more but that also that idea of like if you split one back into two episodes right right that if this was the end of three it's that perfect third episode cliffhanger where you like can't drop now like I have to watch the next one see what happens uh, but yeah they hit they hit the limo and of course who gets out January Jones stereotypical classically beautiful blonde woman um <laughs> and i don't know what's the uh what's the funniest about sort of this initial revelation and scene but it is immediately clear what's going on with phil right so 
we are all Will Forte <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the first, you know, in these opening moments of the third episode uh, where, it, you know, it's just all on his face. <laughs> what is just transpired absolutely um, i mean there's yeah we could vote for a couple different funniest moments of this sequence um but quickly the the visual what i say the design right of her in a limo i thought was kind of just cool like what's she gonna travel across the country and she took a limo like she's got all this sleep in the back and you know easy i mean it was just yeah. it was it was a cool way to kind of um create some character trait for her in the same way that um christian Chell's character had that kind of smaller car with the u-haul attached to the back right and it showed her personality exactly so they're kind of showing everyone's personality through the various means that they were to travel the country right he had the big the big Big rv yeah big rv last man on the earth and um, so I thought that was cool. Which, yeah. <laughs> which if you think about it, I mean, it just occurred to me now, though, as you're bringing this up, which if you think about it is like maybe not so subtle like the Jenga Tower, like a uh, an overcompensating kind of phallus. Yeah, totally. Move. And that just occurred to me. I, of course, don't want to spoil anything. Okay, sure. Um, but I think that's... Uh, these are all really apt metaphors, and I think you really have hit something on the head, um, that her showing up in the limo is really key to starting to set the tone. Um, and, of course, I know a lot more about this character than you, so I won't okay. say any more, but I think that's a very astute insight, okay. as we've had a lot, actually. And that is uh, both because this show is so uh, full of really, like, you know, subtle to bold to obvious hat tips and, you know, to just obvious like foreshadowing, right? right. Um, so it's really fun because a lot of that stuff that um, that you and uh, Ryan also last week was picking up on is very nail on the head. So I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. All right, cool. That yeah, I mean. Like visually and otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I I just kind of linked it to character traits here in this conversation with you and thinking about, you know, Christine's quirky car with the U-Haul attached and his over, yeah, totally overcompensating. And it's all about, for him, everything was big, is big and better and full. He's he's just like, give me blustery kind of. Yeah, give me Hugh Hefner's pajamas and a big house and a big RV with I can stick yeah. all this stuff in and accumulating things. You know, he's sort of doing that, and and then here comes this limo, and there's a sort of like a well, okay, what? Like, there's so much that one thinks of with a limo, and in this scenario, it's just sort of like it's just interesting. So that's cool that it actually could turn into something or be relevant. And I mean, so many funny moments in this sequence. When he calls shotgun was definitely one, but for me, like my vote has to be that the January Jones character had been there for two weeks, dri- <laughs> driving around this whole time, like throughout the entire pilot. When he like, or for most of the pilot, right? So like that, looking that, for him, looking for him. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and that's is too much. Like that's too yeah. funny, and then it made it made me think like, oh yeah, like Tucson. I've never been to Tucson, but I would assume it's a pretty big city like if you just showed up in a city 
yeah, like like you would be fairly hard to find somebody. He was actually really lucky that that he and Christian Shaw found each other so quickly. Exactly, and the the campfire, you know, was the only reason that happened and happened to save his life. But if you think about it too, the, I don't know if they ever say this, but uh, January Jones may have gotten there before gotten to Tucson before her, right? No, she did. Yeah. They, she they, does. they, okay, does, yeah. they do that math in that scene. Okay, I mean, for yeah, two I weeks, she's that. like, Oh, you got here before I did. And he, that's, it's like, the, you're when watching, like, oh. yeah, you're watching him. And that's when he starts kind of like putting up the, the divider right between between the backseat yeah. yeah yeah and so yeah it's amazing that um it's amazing that he you know he like takes credit for the alive in tucson signs mm. like and melissa january jones actually says that was so smart like, yeah yeah you know and so it's amazing the way they uh balance his character, right? It's so, he has these shining moments where he like is a good guy. And you believe already, even through this full episode, there's goodness in this person somewhere. Mm. Uh, he's just having a really hard time rolling with the punches or however he's you know feeling it, seeing it, experiencing the yeah. sequence of events, and that scene, and you know the look on his face, and the sort of interplay yeah. between him and the women is just really amazing. And it's it's funny because once again, you know, like Will Forte created this, and um, so he, it's just yeah, fascinating to see him uh, have sort of envisioned this in a way, right? This pickle that he's going to put himself in. And yeah, I feel like he must have wanted to really like do that, like experience this and go through and have the fun of this role entirely. Right. And I think the real achievement that they do character wise for him is this notion that he is a good person on the inside. I think there's been real like psychological damage as a result of all of this. And that's where the kind of behavior comes from. And then, cause it's very reactionary and very, um, and there's a great moment in this third episode where he's in reaction to he's, he's being that guy. Right. So in the, in, in the second episode, he tells the mannequin, like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. And then yeah. in the third episode, he's kind of catching himself being that guy. Yeah. In and he, you know, going to Christian Shaw, we're kind of bearing the lead, but he's going to the end and going to her to essentially break up with her in the marriage so he can try to be with January Jones. And then her, um, that scene was really endearing. And there's something in her that's unlocking this part of him that is mm -hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that that's just an interest, and he's fighting it, right? So it's interesting to watch that. Yeah. Throughout. And I think there's really, if we dig deeper into what he's going through, there's this thing that's happening too, which is really great in the third episode, where he keeps doing things that he think he thinks will please January Jones, but they're backfiring. Yeah. And he's starting to realize that what actually 
looks the best to January Jones is him being a better husband to Carol, right? And it starts where he's he shaves his beard. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. And he comes down for dinner and he's like, he's put on a button down and he's shaved. And that scene is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> because neither of them likes it. And Carol shreds him the whole scene. And January <laughs> Jones just keeps agreeing with her. And it's hilarious. He absolutely gets his fucking hat handed to him in that one. But then he starts to realize that even in the scenes where he's trying to, you know, uh, I guess. Yeah, giving her the subtly, VW. Yeah, giving her the, the VW is a good example of that. Right, the he VW. Thought that, he thought that was going to be like, a big moment, right? She's like, yeah. on, go find a shirt. Go find a shirt because <laughs> he's like pretending to work out when she arrives. All those things, um, he keeps you know, looking bad actually and getting rejected and starts to realize that embracing, you know, being a good husband is actually the way to get even potentially in better with January Jones. And then, of course, yeah, what precipitates that endearing final moment with Carol is the scene with January Jones where she admits that she's so horny <laughs> yeah the 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 setup for that the mm. shot of her like alone from the back yeah and cutting to and him and he's like scene. unbuttoning his shirt and it's just he's just this manic guy i mean it's just really like he's been stripped down through this experience to this sort of caveman dude you know what i mean in a way like he's he just it's everything is visceral and physical and impulses yeah. with him you know and and him, he has some kind of sort of moral check to be like, and she's just like, oh, yeah, but you're married, and I'm je jealous of that. And he's like, well, wait, I can fix that. And then, you know, right. he runs and and then gets into the heart of, I mean, they just, it was, it's a very smart way to create conflict, and, and they've, they've done an incredible job. Um, but I like that. He ex they explored this, I don't know where it's going to go, obviously, in four, but they explore this, him freaking out about January Jones, right? Trying all these different tactics to sort of get her attention or get with her. Yeah. And then sort of bookend it, bookended it with a kind of like, what am I doing moment or, okay, like, I'm not that guy thing mm -hmm. i like that that as opposed to yeah. leaving us hanging with that like what is he gonna do or how's he gonna behave like or is this gonna be a thing i like yeah. that they explored it pretty fully and then sort of had him have like kind of a come to jesus moment with it at the end of the episode yeah and i think without that we lose that sense of his humanity even if it's like temporarily or whatever we don't know but it would be tough to yeah leave uh, on the note of like him weaseling, wiggling, you know, out of being actually married and figuring out some way. Um, and I think not only do we like see his humanity and as you said, um, you know, just like that he, you know, it shows us he is a good 
person and human in there and leaving us with that i think is not only sort of a way to keep us interested right um this isn't just simply a you know raunchy silly debauch whatever comedy right it's not going to go there um even if it is really wild and silly and ridiculous at times um there is a kind of deeper commentary and human element that they keep in there, right? And especially through that last scene. And yeah. I feel like it, yeah, it, it also, um, I feel like we're seeing with Kristen Skull's character, um, Carol, Carol Pilbasian, also <laughs> this just amazing, amazing depth of character. And we see as she's introduced this, um, you know, odd couple of like, she's holding up all institutions and clinging in a way to old ones, but as a means to preserve and keep her humanity. And not only that, but through these episodes, right? The wedding, the like mm -hmm. post wedding scene and wedding cake that, is a big part of what brings Phil around in that episode. You see this too with her uh, her hand illustrated uh, wedding album, and she's already added Melissa. And yeah. then in this final scene, he comes over and he hasn't really fixed her door. Right, she's sort of shut into her uh, little world here, but she's so in her own world, and it's so earnest and sweet and endearing. Oh, you're right and on. I think, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. That's also something that's really uh, going to keep us, you know, engaged and interested because we now see that he's not, yeah, he's not going to just run off or he doesn't have it in him to, you know, be the, the, the asshole really, you know, he's like, uh, his humanity is still uh, there underneath all this trauma and whatever else. Um, yeah. Insecurities. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because it, it's sort of a continuation when I was talking about her character arc and how it really took off in the, in the second episode. I think the last scene of three really, really brings that to the forefront and also takes it to another level, like what you're talking about, this endearing thing and the depth that she goes to the, they did a wonderful job crafting her character in this series. And in three at the end, it, I think for me, if her character wasn't as strong as it is, and, and those scenes and moments didn't land the way they do. Like, I don't know if I would want to continue watching the show because I don't think Will Forte was really like enough right. without the, that sort of challenge, emotional reality, um, ask like, to me, it's like wild. Like, my God, like there's no society. There's no, there's no human <laughs> beings. You know, you're like starting over and then having someone be like, no, like, we're supposed to carry on and the world has meaning and what are we going to make it, you know? And, and yeah. the device of the, 
um, when she hearkens back at the end, when she says, um, the door is, is sort of a metaphor for us. I was talking about us when I was talking about yeah. the door. He's like, yeah, I, I understand. It was like that same bit with the garden. It's exactly. like, I was, I was actually, I did this. I don't know if you noticed that. So it's like, it's the, these, yeah. these it's larger a reversal of yeah, that. Right. Totally. Like these larger, deeper moments and conversations, they do, they don't lose any of the comedy. They kind of like bring you right back to like, yep. And we're in a comedy world here and it's really <laughs> fun and funny. So don't worry. Like we're going to go to some deep places, but we're going to like have there be a punchline. So it, in, it really sets, it really sets you up for like a nice laugh, for like a nice mm. feeling of, oh right, you know, like uh, it's like such a like that that scene in particular at the end of three really took you for a ride, like mm-hmm. her explaining yeah. what was going on. Yeah, you're going into her world. She's shut in, and just in a way, what what are people? What is people's experience? throughout this this end of the world apocalyptic scenario and she sort of is almost kind of like a child or has come back to be you know in moments Mm -hmm. i mean to me that's what that's what i kind of take away Mm -hmm. when i look at like how arts and crafty she is how excited she's into like wedding it's almost like she's a kid playing at a wedding Mm, like as yeah. like if it was like childhood play right right and then so i think part of how they start to have fun is he starts to kind of like get into her world of this new reality that they're in right and then january jones shows up and it's like all crashed for him and he's off in his wild mind again and then that final scene just brings him right back to like this thing that's now oddly special and he can't deny it, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, in a way, you get the sense that their connection is not just simply having been supposedly the last two people on Earth, right? Like, they actually are starting to connect for real. And, yeah, you see, in that moment, and... Obviously, he, yeah, I think in that in that moment that he doesn't say anything about Melissa, right, and instead says, I have diarrhea. What I love about that moment and how touched, you know, Carol is and just everything it represents is they talk about metaphors, right, as we've just said on this episode, the uh, Raisin Balls, the door, diarrhea isn't initially brought up as a metaphor, but it's already become a super endearing metaphor, the literal word diarrhea. And just like if that isn't, that doesn't sum up what this show is through the first few episodes I don't know what does. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So funny. It's so wild. It's so like surprising. And yet it's so endearing when he says that to her. It's literally heartwarming. You know, you're like, yeah, I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'd kind of forgotten what the moment or the device was they used for him to let go, to let go of that and really 
check back into himself in this scene and his heart, you know, and the fact you're right, it's, he was just like, I had diarrhea and it was just like, oh my God, and, you know, she's, she, you know, there's a she's love, touched. yeah, there's like a love connection happening and it's against all yeah. these odds and obstacles that is, um, pretty, pretty cool. And it's, the, and it, it, uh, I think really is the, the meat or real forming into the body of, you know, this series or the show that yeah, the meat and or raisin balls. of the Yeah. The, the raisin balls of the show. <laughs> Very yeah, cool. Re- really touching. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, you kind of tipped, tipped your hand already. So, um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> If we're yeah, well, here we are. Of course, we're at the end of the third episode, and here in shows with friends, I'm allowed to opt out. And yeah, this I love a comedy. Sometimes sure. this setting, this post-apocalyptic, thing, I can go either way with it. I can either yeah. really get into it, or I could really just kind of be like meh. Mm-hmm. And um, but I'm seeing something here in Will Forte that I haven't seen before. That's a, and this is like very important for me and and the and christian skull is absolutely out of sight in the show and i kind of want to see what happens with these two characters together now and i appreciate the take on the genre and how they're it's a farce but they're also they've done it so well that it seems Mm -hmm. very real and and yeah it's surprising yeah how real it seems yeah yeah yeah, and the choice yeah, of Arizona, which kind of has this landscape that seems secluded anyway, was a, was kind of a smart call. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think it should come as no surprise. But let's keep watching. Good, Woo! good, good choice, Eli. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can actually, you know, in rewatching. I felt even myself um, rewatching that if it wasn't for, you know, these moments of real humanity, if it weren't for what over now these first three episodes, I think I can say very, very confidently, I would love to know Carol Pilbasian. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know if I would love to know Phil Miller ultimately, but Carol Pilbasian, I would fucking love to know and call a friend. <laughs> yeah. She'd be the best friend ever. She'd be <laughs> eminently funny and loyal and just so great as a friend. And I think if they, if it went too far into, you know, Phil Miller and that world, right? Yeah. Like, if it didn't have what everything you're saying about, uh, the Carol character, the acting, uh, everything about that that brings us to this amazing, really endearing uh, humanity and what, as you were saying, is like there's a love connection actually starting to happen in the face of what seems like the most adverse thing for Phil and this archetype to face. Mm. And without that, if it was like just full into the absurd fantasy comedy of the Phil character, I might have pulled the plug myself, Steve. Yeah. So I am super glad that we're going to continue watching and check out 
four and five next. And these are going to be fun to see where it goes and develops. Maybe we get a little more sense of, you know, this new character, Melissa. Of course, I won't spoil anything, but <laughs> I'm excited to keep watching this really fun former network comedy, our first half-hour network comedy. But this is not your average network comedy. This is a great Will Forte created Kristen Skull vehicle. And uh, yeah, excited to see where it goes with you, Steve. Absolutely. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so friends at home, please watch along. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.